part two of being unshakable. See, I talked about being, having an unshakable mindset, unshakable faith. And what I want you to learn is how to take hold of this truth, the truth of faith. Not what people have just said, but what you've seen and watched and observed operate. Listen, there's one thing to, to be taught something. It's another thing to observe it. It's another thing to get involved in it. And you learn a lot quicker. I always did. I learned when I started working along with somebody and, and they, they let me do it. That's the way I learned. Well, I want you to do it. I want you to start praying. I want you to start believing. I want you to have this ever-increasing faith that we're talking about. It's unshakable. Nothing can stop you as long as God is with you. But as we teach this, there's something I want to bring out because a lot of people miss this. They don't make it palatable. They teach it in such a way where people, they, they turn off the message of faith. I don't want you to turn it off. I want you to turn it on. And here's a verse you need to hear. Proverbs 16, 21. The wise in heart shall be called prudent. And the sweetness, hear this, and the sweetness of the lips increaseth learning. It's all about. Well, let me read the New International Version of that verse. The wise in heart are called discerning. And gracious words promote instruction. So there are certain people, you have to understand, there are certain people when they get a hold of a truth, and it is a truth, they get a hold of a certain truth or a certain message, they take that truth based on the word of God, but they teach it with a negative attitude. Have you ever heard somebody like that? You know it's a truth, but they're teaching it with such a negative, harsh attitude, you don't want to listen to them. Their arrogance, some of them have an arrogance approach. Some, they, they just turn people off. Let's just be honest. They just turn people off, even though it's a truth. You know, there's one way, I, I'd like to say this, if, if, when, it, in your marital relationship. It's one thing for you to say to your wife, honey, I really am hungry. Baby, can you fix me something? Another thing to say, hey, woman, get in that kitchen. You know I'm hungry. You know I've always been hungry. And I want you to fix me something to eat. Now, you're basically saying the same thing. It's all about attitude and approach. And the issue is we've not learned how to approach mankind. God, what a truth. Humankind with a message of truth that's palatable, that the presentation is enjoyed. He said, well, it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be preached with a hell fire and the smoke of hell over it. No, you're wrong. It needs to be spoken with the love of God, the love of Christ. In other words, some of these people, when they're teaching on faith or something that's very important in the Bible, a truth that needs to be learned, they become so dogmatic about a truth that they turn people off and no one wants to hear what they have to say. So listen to this. If you teach a truth, then it must be taught at a level, at the level the people are on. You can't teach a, a group of five-year-olds the same way you teach a, a group of 40 and 50-year-olds. You have to teach them at the level they're on. How many of you can understand this? You have to be taught at your level. Because of this, I want you to know that faith, the unshakable faith, is something you must develop. You must develop. Listen, I can't go to the gym for you. I'm going to work out for you today, Pastor Mike. Don't worry. Your muscles are all going to be worked out because I'm going for you. Oh, that may sound good. But the principle's not there. If I work out, I'm getting the benefit. He's not. 
even though I'm telling him that. He can even applaud me. He can get pay me for it. Hey, Bishop, would you, I'm going to pay you to work out for me today. You know what? It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Faith is something that you must develop. Say that. I have to develop this. Faith is something that you must exercise. If not, you will not have ever-increasing faith. All of us develop our faith in the Lord. In recognizing this, you must understand something, that all of us are on different levels of faith. My level is different than yours. Yours is different than someone else's in the congregation or your family. We all have different levels of faith. With, all, with this understanding, you must see that some, of our, our, some people are more developed in faith than others. Am I right or wrong? I want to teach you, I want to instruct you as I teach myself this truth in love. You know, the only way I can understand something is really through love. You can teach somebody in love far more than you hitting them or beating them. Love will change things. Let me just bear down on that a minute. Love will drive you into ever-increasing faith. So I want to drive you into love so that you will hear. I want to drive you by love into faith so you will hear it. You'll not only hear it, but you'll receive it. And then you'll go to the Word of God for yourself. You'll start reading the Word of God for yourself, and you'll see what I'm talking about in the Word. Then you will learn there's a process to the application. You'll learn how to apply it in your life. And that's what you want. Is that not right? I want to apply faith in Alan Meshagan's life. Say that. Put your name there. Say, I want to start applying faith in my life today. Ever increasing faith in my life today. And it will start to work. And let me say this. You may get a truth and you may get some truth out of what I'm saying. Which you will if you'll listen. But you should never take that truth and make it the truth. You don't take a truth and make it the, the truth. You see, there's many aspects of truth in the Word of God. So in a lot of ministry circles, and a lot of people have been hearing messages about ever-increasing faith, have heard people take confession, confession as the complete truth. What do you mean by confession? The total complete truth of if you say it, you speak it out, it will come to pass. It can get you in trouble. They say all you have to do is confess. Just confess it, sister. Confess it, brother. Confess it with your mouth. What you want, and it's going to happen. Well, if you say it, you pray that it's going to happen. That doesn't mean it's going to happen. It doesn't mean you're going to have it. Why? Why? Because there's aspects of truth in the power of confession. I'll not deny that. There's aspects of, of, of the truth in the power of confession. And that is a truth, but it's not the truth. Do you understand that? Confession is a truth, but it's not the all in all, the truth. There's more to just somebody just saying, I say it and get it. It doesn't work that way. Just say it and get it. There's something more important. There are things that God requires for us to have in this lifestyle of faith, this ever-increasing faith. Here's a word. It's a process. Say that back to me. It is a process. If, if you're going to cook a meal, ladies, you go through a process. You just don't jump into the dish. There's a process, a setup time, a cleaning time, a preparation time. There's a pro process before anyone gets manifestation. 
unless, unless God does something miraculous, which he can, you have to go through the process. Amen? What It comes down to this. Every one of us must learn how to examine ourselves. We must learn to examine ourselves and determine what level of faith we live on and what level of faith we operate in. This is important. Don't overstep your ability until you get there. Don't overstep it. Know where you are. To just confess something, and that's the problem we've had with this teaching and ever-increasing faith, if you'll just confess something without applying and understanding the other part of the process as taught in the Word of God, which we're trying to teach, it's like somebody trying to build the upper floors. Now hear this. It's trying to build the upper floors of a great building before you lay the foundation or the floors underneath it. Did you get that? Well, I don't want to go through this, what, Bishop, you're talking about, the foundation and the other floors. I just want the upper floors. I just want that ever-increasing faith at the top. It doesn't happen that way. You have to start at the foundation and build those ground levels before you start to climb higher and higher. Am I right or wrong? It's just natural principles that works in the Spirit. You have to build the foundation and the floors under it. They have to be complete. If not, it's impossible. There are people who hold on to a truth and they want to start operating in faith. They say, I'm going to start operating in faith. I want to be like, uh, uh, name a great, uh, Catherine Kuhlman, if you, some of you have read about her, but she was a great woman of faith. Uh, or Nora Roberts, you may have heard of him before, or Billy Graham. I want to operate like these people. They want to start where they are. They, they, they want to start at their level of faith and they can't do that. So it does what? Can anybody help me here? Well, it frustrates them. Because they're not operating at that level of faith. Let me tell you, you can't operate at that level as long as you start applying the principles and walk through the process. Say that back to me. The process is important. Because if you don't do that, Pastor Ariel, it gets you out on a limb. And when you get out on a limb, everybody knows what happens. It can be cut off. You get into trouble. Now, Jesus don't get you out on that limb. You get yourself out on the limb. It's not his problem. It's your problem. So when these people fail or get frustrated, they say, here's what they say, pastors. They say, you know what? There's nothing to this faith stuff. I confess and confess and confess and confess, and there's nothing to this faith stuff. It's all just junk. And all those that preach it are charlatans. Is that true? No. They've not followed the process. So you need to listen and listen good. Faith works. Say it back to me. Faith works. Our God is a faith God. You would not be able to say you have been born again if he wasn't a faith God. You couldn't say you was born again if it wasn't for faith. What do you mean? This happens because of the law of faith. For a moment, I want you just to think. What do you think would happen if you just went out, say, to drive a car with just a teaching. Say that back to me. With just a teaching, you're going to drive a car. That is impossible. Absolutely impossible. I want to find something here, here in the Word. Just take me one second. Because you see, I want you to walk from this level of faith not getting out in a car and not knowing how to drive because somebody's told you how to drive, but you've experienced it. Then you can never say driving doesn't work 
Kathy, you could say that. Well, driving doesn't work. I've gotten out in that car because you said it. Driving don't work for me. It would work if you'd taken time and gone through the process. I want a faith that transcends. I call it a transcendent faith. A faith that allows you to step above the many crises that we face. Step above COVID-19. Step above the financial duress. Step above the political unrest. I want to step above it. I want to go rise above the, the little trivial things of life. So what do I do? Romans 1.15 says, So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. I'm ready to preach, he's saying, the apostle is saying, for I am not ashamed. Now watch this. This is an important verse. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is, you got to catch this, for it is the power of God. It's not might be the power. It could be the power, Pastor Ariel. What does it say? It is the power of God unto salvation. So you can't be saved even without it. You have to have it. Watch this. It is a power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes to the Jew first and also the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. If you read that same set of verses in the New International Version, it says, that is why I'm so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is, it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First the Jew, then the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. The righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. So how does faith work? Now we're getting in some nuts and bolts. How does faith work? Because this is our objective. This is where we're climbing to. This is our goal. This is our standard. This is our mandate. Listen, I want to see you be successful in your home, in your business. I want you to be able to walk in and say, in the name of Jesus. But the only way you can do that name of Jesus is you know that name. You know who he is and how he, how he dwells in you. So this is our objective. So every one of us, all of us here at the church and here live, and live streaming, you have to understand this is a subject that we very carefully have to go through. And we have to go through it in order. We need to look at several aspects of the gospel, one of which is salvation. That's part of the gospel, salvation. I want you to see how broad the concept or the thought of salvation really is. It's more than just born again. Let me say that. When he says, notice what the Apostle Paul says in Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. We should never be ashamed of the gospel because the gospel simply means the good news. Why would we be ashamed of the good news? It's the good news that starts developing within me that ever-increasing faith. Now, the law of faith, and you need to mark this statement down, the law of faith is a major part of the gospel. It is a major part of the good news. You cannot receive salvation without confession and faith. It takes both. Confession, you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. So we have to have it. We've heard at times that people say, I've heard, I've heard all I want to hear about faith. I've heard it all. Well, if you have heard it all, then 
You're saying you've heard all of the word of God you want to hear. That's what you're saying. I've heard all I want to hear. You've heard all of the word of God you want to hear because the word is filled with what? Faith. I'm tired of hearing this faith stuff. Then you're tired of the gospel because that's exactly what it's filled with. If you're going to be a part of this word and live and dwell in this word, you have to understand faith. It's just that simple. Faith is extremely important in every aspect of your Christian life, Christian walk, because without it, you can't even make God happy. Did you hear me? God will not even be happy with you without it. And let me tell you, what did he say in those scriptures we read last week? If you can be shaken, he, won't, he wants no part of you. He wants you to be unshakable. So, when you hear, hear people say that they have heard all that they want to hear in any subject, it's probably because of the attitude, attitude it was taught in. How was it taught? So to reach people, I must teach with the sweetness, as I read in Proverbs 16, 21. I must teach with the sweetness of lips because it will increase learning. And I want to get it as sweet as I can because I want you to understand how good it is to live and dwell in faith. When I get up in the morning, it's faith that gets me up. It's faith that when I start looking at the bills that Sister Kathy sends me, I have to look over them. It really is. It's faith when I see those things that seem to be monumental. But I say, I know in whom I believe and I'm persuaded. I just believe I can do this because God is in me. And I've stepped up levels of faith. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm still stepping higher and higher. But with this mindset of wanting to preach the gospel in such a way that you'll take hold of faith, I want you to know I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because it's good, good news. Really? Why? Because it is the power of God. The good news is the power of God. The good news is the power of God. Say it again. The good news is the power of God. Mark it down. It's what it is. When I say salvation or it's not in reference to a born-again experience. Salvation encompasses all of God's promises in the Word. Do you understand that? See, it's not just in reference to a born-again experience when we speak of salvation because it encompasses all of God's promises in His Word to us. It is faith. Watch. It's talking, Pastor Mike, about faith. It's talking about prosperity. It's talking about healing. And all of this is involved in the truth of salvation. All of it. If you just preach one part of it, you're not preaching the whole truth. So when Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, the good news of Christ, for it is the power of God, Paul is trying to tell you where the power of God is. The power of God is in the word of God. He's wanting you to make that clear. And he said, listen, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. He's telling you where the power is. Make no mistake. He wants you to know exactly where the power of God is, and it's in his word. How many of us believe this today? How many believe the Word of God is God's will? How many people believe it's being spoken and recorded? It is. It's still coming forth. To back all this up, that God's power is in the Word of God, the Bible says in a portion of Hebrews 1-3 that all things, what things? All things are upheld by the Word of His power. That means everything that you see, everything you enjoy, 
Everything that you experience is upheld by the word of his power. His power is in his word, and the word was made flesh. God spoke, and the, his word was sent out, and the world was created. His power is in his word, and we will look at this as we go forward in different ways so that we can grasp this mighty truth. We can walk in a, 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 a clear aspect of this thing we call truth, of what salvation encompasses. So the gospel is good news. Say that back to me. The gospel is good news. Can you also say it's the power of God unto salvation? Again, it means, remember, it's the power of God unto salvation, Pastor Mike. It, it means it's the power of God unto deliverance, unto preservation, unto healing, unto soundness, unto prosperity, and much more. It encompasses all of that. Hear this on a side note. This will be a side note right before I close. I may open with this next week. Anybody that takes the word of God and beats people over the head with it, in my opinion, is wrong. Just because you have a truth and you think you are superior doesn't give you a right to crush people with your knowledge. This is not what God wants. I want to stop there, let you think on that. No matter how much truth you've got, don't hammer somebody with a truth until they have an opportunity to assimilate it themselves, to come to a new awareness and an understanding. Can we take a moment and pray as we close? Because I really believe that God wants to take you to a new level. We're climbing a ladder. Let's just do it that way. We're climbing a ladder. We're on the first rung right now. We're, we've, we've, last two, we've maybe come up a couple of rungs, but we're climbing up higher and higher like Jacob's ladder going higher into the heavens, ever-increasing faith. But that will only happen by us immersing ourselves in the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's just fact. And I love you, and I want the best for you, and I want your faith to increase. So let's pray. Father, I thank you so very much for another opportunity to minister to my friends and family. And God, for this online presentation, I ask you, Lord, to touch them. This online service, God, reach into their homes, into their offices, into their cars. God, bring healing and help. Help them to develop this unshakable faith. Please, God, hear me. Help them, Lord, to come to the knowledge of the truth. Some may not know you. Lord, let them right now confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God that you came forth from the grave on the third day and that you will forgive them of their sins. In Jesus' name. Just believe it today, friend. In Jesus' name. If you need healing, it comes through the name of Jesus. I pray for your healing right now in Jesus' name. I pray that you come to a higher level of understanding of the word of God in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, for this time that you've given us. Thank you, Lord. Bless the words that have been spoken. And we all say, amen.